Okay, listen up. You're now locked into the I Do It For Hip Hop podcast. DJ Bugsy is bringing back the essence of hip hop. Hear the voices from the artists, the DJs, and the movers and shakers that keep the culture alive. Most importantly, they keeping it the hip hop. Hey, DJ Bugsy, you ready? <laughs> and now to our regular scheduled program. What up, what up? It's your boy DJ Bugsy. This is episode 17. Make sure you subscribe to our Do For Hip Hop podcast. SoundCloud, everywhere. It's everywhere, man. It, it, it's, it's doing its thing. And I'm really um, excited about tonight's episode. Um, I got my man Celine Roberts, the author of Fatally Flossling. Flawless. 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 Yeah. My bad, my no, bad. It's cool. It's cool. It's ha- happy to be here. I got broke foot. No, I, I can't. I came out for you. I appreciate that, bro. Um, and you've been doing your thing in Philly for a long time. I actually want to go back to the beginning before you got into being an author. Can you talk a little bit about your start in the clothing industry, the fashion industry, and how things began for you? Um, sure. Um, well, I started a, a brand uh, maybe 15 years ago called Belargo um, PRJ um, with my partner, um, Tiffany. Okay. Um, Tiffany Williams. And we had like one of the, the biggest urban clothing brands in the Philly, in Philly or the Tri-State area, Jersey, Delaware. And we kind of right. you know wrote the the blueprint for a lot of the, the brands that you see coming up now, how mm-hmm. to do marketing. Right. Um, we was in touch with the streets. We worked mm-hmm. with a lot of the... Um, the hip hop artists that came out of Philly, right. you know, from ma- major figures, Gilly the Kid, mm-hmm. um, Meek Mills. We worked with Meek Mills from like day one from In My Bag video. I took him th- the clothes to the In My Bag video shoot. Wow. Um, P&B Rock. Um, shout out to Rock. My guys, his new album out. Yeah. Uh, f- catch them vibes. Definitely. Um, we worked with Rock from Fleet Video, Feeling Like Diddy. Um, all his first shows, um, his Atlantic Records uh, profile pictures. We, you know, we. I got a long, long relationship with him. Actually, his his manager. Uh, shout out to my big bro. He uh, had a bar opening tonight. Just opened up a bar. Oh um, wow! Congratulations to my. Um, Lil Uzi. I mean, just anybody that you could think of from Philly um, in the urban community. We worked with um, that was that's popping. Rico Havoc. Uh, um, even taking it back to some of the OGs, Beanie Siegel, Freeway, Charlie Baltimore, okay. um, all of them been big big supporters of ours. Chris and Neef. Yeah, I think we like hip hop. We street certified. We got street cred. <laughs> okay, okay, <laughs> that's dope. So how did how did how do you maintain a brand so long? Because it's a lot of competition. And what do you think the key to success to maintain something so long, especially in a city of Philly, where it's the crab barrel effect, pretty much. Well, you got to know business. A lot of people got mm-hmm. brands, but they don't know business. Like me and my partner, like we actually, you know, ran a professional business. We had payrolls. We paid taxes. We, um, you know, got our credit together. You okay. Know what I'm saying we didn't, we did the things right to, uh, to grow the business. Right. You know, some people just know how to post Instagram pictures and right. they in it to get celebrities in their clothes, but they don't know how to run a business. And I think that's, that's the problem. You know wow. I mean? We, we was on our shit. We had lawyers, accountants, like we had a whole foundation. Okay. So what, so, and also it was a partnership, man. I know sometimes when you're in a partnership, it can be hard. So how do you maintain an actual partnership being trusting someone with your business? Cause it's y'all in 50, 50. So how does something like that work? 
Um, I mean, we we knew each other. We met actually in 03. We probably mm-hmm. we probably was like 19 at the time when we met. I mean, we it was the behind the beats for Lil Kim, uh, uh, La Bella Mafia album. Like this is the jump off was like the number one song. Like okay, you know, we was kids and we we. I mean, that's like my sister. So it's kind of like she's a Capricorn, I'm a Taurus, and we we kind of match each other. She's more. Um, What's the word? She's more organized business-wise. Okay. I'm more of a free spirit creative. Okay. And we balance off each other. I'm a male. Um, she's a female. Right. It's just a lot of dynamics that made us work. But I don't. I think if if it was like two females, it wouldn't have worked. Or if it was two guys, it wouldn't work. But it's just the dynamics. Yeah. And we and we have a lot of um, similar qualities as far as like um, hard work ethics. We not neither one of us are lazy people. You know, okay. we was working sixteen hour days, twenty hour days. It was days mm-hmm. we was working seven days a week. You know, whether it was in our printing factory, right. whether it was working in the store, traveling, working with artists, getting product placement. You know, through you know stylists or mm-hmm. magazines and press. You know, press outlets. So we kind of. Yeah, we work hard. Like I just like we both had that drive. We wanted it really bad, and we both was go getters. We wanted that money, so right we would go hard. So talk a little bit about the ending. Not so much the ending, but when you felt like it was time to close the doors, and how did that come about? Um, it was, um, it was just um, we both. It was just ah, uh, God, how, what's the word I want to say with this? Um, it was just changes. We both, you know, I had, we've been doing it for 15 years, 12 years at that point. Okay. 12 years at that point. And um, it was a lot of pressure. Um, we, we were having like, um, you know, just, it was the brands were growing in different directions. The location we had at, at one point, um, you know, we had an issue with the location we were at. Um, you know, as far as the landlord and the people we were working with. Okay. And we were just going through changes. And I was getting more heavy into the production of my film at the time. And it was definitely, it was stressful. So we just, like, I'm like, look, we just need a break. And it was just kind of like that. Like, for me, it was like, I just want to kind of just take a a hiatus. It was not like quitting the brand. You know, we still both own the brand. Right. You know, we can relaunch anytime we want to. You know, actually, she's been doing some things with the brand. Okay. Um, it's just like right now I just wanted to go in a new direction and tap into a different part of creativity because for me I didn't want to just do this you know for me it wasn't just always about being a, f- a fashion designer I'm into fashion and mm-hmm. I always knew how to do it right but styling was a part of something I wanted to do okay but being a writer and a film producer um in 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 a literary sense was something that was a goal of mine also and I I felt like I'm getting older right. and I wasn't tapping into that so once I started doing it it kind of was like all right I'm going to pause on this and come back to that okay so I understand that because you had other goals basically yeah no that's my sister like we was yeah. just together we just did uh she's she she's doing a wonderful she has this uh mm. company that she's building right now where she's doing branding for um artists and stuff like that okay. it's called fine print okay and she actually uh just did a feed the uh a, a thanksgiving drive with little uzi right and um yeah i know, just the, seen that yeah so yeah. that was dope and then i just helped her out uh pmb rock she's doing like all his merchandising you know designing his uh you know the tour clothes and stuff that that, uh, he's, that, that he'll he sell, sell. yeah he'll sell and i just helped her out with the photo shoot and we was just all together right um i just talked to her mom like yesterday her mom called mm-hmm. me so it's okay. like like we like that's like my sister like honestly so it's just like you know after this i could we could come back and say listen Right, Let, you know, if the idea is there, let's relaunch it and do something totally different. Right, yeah, that's dope. So like, we like more family than anything. Right, her nephew. Literally, mm-hmm. I just went to uh, 
have you heard about Noto? Noto. The new club is on Philly. Oh yeah, okay. Noto. Yes, yes. Yeah. So yeah, Fabulous was just there. And and Rock performed it on uh, Thanksgiving night. His, okay. His manager had a party, and Tiff's nephew. Mm-hmm. Went to the party with me. That's like my nephew, and he's like going out with me now. He's 21, and I'm just wow. like, oh my guy's name's Muhammad, and I literally right. knew him from when he was a baby, and like he's at the party and stuff with me now. But that's how deep it runs. How deep how the relationship runs. Yeah. So let's get into this book, Fatally Flawless. Sorry about messing up earlier. I want you to tell me about the book, and I know it's based in West Philly, and that's where you're from, correct? It's based on West Philly, Overbrook High School, but it's a whole try it's the whole philly like we hit every section north south southwest okay so break it break it down for me and tell people why why they should get this book oh man it's been yo honestly this journey has been amazing a friend of mine who's never read a novel in his life Mm -hmm. called me and told me he was crying on page 300 of my book and that was like such a rush for me um fatally flawless is based on philly in the late 90s between the years 97 and 98 it's a period piece Mm-hmm. These three girls, they go to Overbrook High School, and they're like the popular girls in school. They're like the girls that like everybody's kind of like checking for them. You know, they always had the hottest gear. Right. These are the prettiest girls. That you know, the girls, the girls that the guys in school can't ever get a get, ever have a chance with. Okay. And um, it's like clueless meets belly. So you know, you have these girls, and they have this this uh this click, and they right. have beef with other groups of girls in school. You know, they have problems with teachers. Um, as well as family problems, but they're dating guys in the street. And it's, you know, we kind of touch on what was happening in the, at that time. Okay. You know, because a lot of friends, female friends I had was dating drug dealers. Um, you know, a lot of people in my family was hustling. So I kind of always had like an inside eye on things. Because okay. I, I always hung with older people. Oh, jeez. So I, I was like 14, 15, but I was at the club let out. I was I was out at certain events and parties and, and you know, seeing illegal activities right. close up. So I kind of just saw how the game went. And, it, and it, it, you know, it's, it looks glamorous, but it's very costly and it's very dangerous and right. it's repercussions. Absolutely. So I wanted to touch on um on that. So I think it's like a cautionary tale. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a love story. It's a friendship story. It's a Philly story. Like, I'm touching on places in Philly. Right. Landmarks, you know. I mean, yeah. everything from King of Prussia Mall to, you know, Franklin Mills to South Street to, you know, right. I'm talking about um, Geno Steak. So, we're talking about Ishka Bibbles and Yeah, all that. Um, you know, the, the plateau. Co- just, just uh, how Philly was and how Philly exactly. still is to this day. Exactly. So, I kind of, it's like a, a well-painted picture. Dope, dope. Now you you also talked about being doing movies, so you're taking this book and you're turning it into a film. The film is done. The film is done. Yes, we shot it over a three year period, starting in um, December 2016. We're actually on a final edit, uh, and we're trying to get it released um, sometime in February. So is, this is going to be released independently, and you're going to yes. shop it, I guess, to film to different studios and different things like that. Well, we're going to have our premiere. Um, at uh, the movie bar and grill on 69th Street. Okay. And then from there, we're going to take the, the the film to Freedom Theater on um, Broad and Gerard. And we're right. going to do a, three, a three-day run. Okay. So where, you know, the public can buy tickets and they could come and actually see the movie. And so then after that, do you feel like you want to, do you want to take it to Hollywood? Like, what's the, That's, what's the end it's goal? It's in the plan. The end plan is to have a series. The end plan is... Netflix? Really, 
Netflix would be amazing. Netflix, okay. Shout out to Netflix. Um, Crackle would be nice. Amazon. Okay. Uh, YouTube, <laughs> TV, mm-hmm. Roku. <laughs> I right. Mean, I mean, all of them. Viacom. You know, right. we you know we open to um, all of the outlets. But I think the story we would like to continue this. Um, I think it's so many characters. It's so complex. Mm-hmm. It's so many worlds that we could go in. I mean, we, we have the mafia element. We have, you know, right. the, the the drug empire element. And you, mm-hmm. then you still have these complex love stories and okay. family elements. It's You know, it's like uh, it's, it's, it's black love meets uh, uh, just straight grimy mm-hmm. street stuff. You right. Know? Mixed in. So I think that we still have a lot of story left to tell. So me and my partner, I'm Sophia Bison, who I wrote this with. Okay. Um, me and her actually have been in some meetings. We actually talked to Bounce TV okay. at one point, and they were interested. That's um, dope. And Netflix is, yeah, Netflix is we we talked to Netflix, but mm-hmm. at the time, the film wasn't complete. Okay. So, so you know, we do plan, plan on going back. Now, what about characters and people in the film? Is there any special people that we can look forward to? It's that a you lot got of the special f- people, but you can't tell us. Yes, I can. Okay. I can tell you everything. <laughs> okay. Um, Faley Flow ain't nothing top secret with us. Um, we we here to talk about it. Um, my three lead girls are mm. these mm-hmm. amazing young ladies from Philly. Okay. Uh, that I found after auditioning maybe a hundred girls. Wow. Um, because I wasn't satisfied because I wrote the book first. Okay. So when we were doing the casting for the film, I already had it in my mind how each of the girls had to look. Okay. And they had to be bad, so. And they had to know how to act. So we was right. getting girls that either they was pretty and couldn't act, or they could act their ass off, but right. they ain't had a look. Okay. So I found um, Crown Bella. I'm not, I'm oh, yeah, she a Bella. rap artist. Yes, she's my she's... Raven Hightower. She killed it. Okay. Then there's another popular Instagram um, young lady. Her name's Amber Purnell. Okay. They call her AP. Okay. Um, she plays Takia Williams, and rounding out my trio is Aaliyah Willis. Um, she's she moved to Atlanta. She's an amazing actress. She plays my lead girl Maya Campbell, and she brought it the way I needed it to be brought. And, and I couldn't be more proud of uh, the right. job that the girls did. They killed it. Okay. Now, what about directing? Did you help direct the film? Um, I I, I orchestrated it. My director, his name is Roulet. Okay. Um, but I like orchestrated scenes. Like I pretty much, I mean. I would say I semi co-directed, yeah. Okay. Yeah, pretty much, yeah, I did. That's dope. Like I would, I know how I wanted everything to look. So when I when we would come into a scene, mm-hmm. you know, uh, if they didn't have an idea, like as far as like a storyboard of how it was supposed to look, I would come in with a vision, like okay, I want this to look like this. She needs to look like this. Or once we got into the shooting the scene, right. I could I could go in and rearrange and play with some things and get the actors some um right. some different ways to play it. Right. I want to change gears a little bit. Um, Reverend Al Sharpen went to visit Meek Mill um, yesterday, and I want to know your thoughts on his case and what's going on with him right now and also the rally. And what do you think? Um, do you think what Al Sharpen's doing is going to help his case and the fact that his lawyer is filing a motion for this to come back to court? How do you? What's your feelings on you being... And you basically was around me early on, and so mm-hmm. you know his folks. You know, you know Phil. You know, yeah, Coon, I know you know, I know the, his you, sister. I know. I mean, I know Tak. I know Leem, Seventh Street. All those guys. Like the, you know, basically all the chases. Right. P. Mine. We. You know. I, yeah. I think it's terrible. I mean, I think it's uh, a corrupt injustice to the system. Like you know, mm-hmm. who gets eleven years of parole? Um. You know, it was set up for him to fail. Right. And the thing, the infractions were so minor. You're talking about. 
uh, a willy, you know, willying uh, a bike in New York or right. uh, breaking up a fight in an airport in St. Louis. And he wasn't even in the altercation. I, I just think that the judge was corrupt. Um, it's, you know, it's all kinds of crazy things being said about this judge and right. her true feelings towards him or her bias towards him. And I, I definitely think she should be off the case and they need a new lawyer. As far as Al Sharpton, um, you know, I really don't know. You know, yeah. I can't really speak on his intentions. You know, what Jay Z say? Right. Tell Al Sharpton if he's speaking for me. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm gonna stop staying bitch when uh, whatever he said on that. Yeah. Um. But I just think, I mean, he's known to be opportunist. I right. Mean, I would hope he's not using this for some press and some publicity, and it, his heart is in the right place. But I definitely think that Meek's case needs to be reviewed, and I think that he's an example of what's going on with a lot of black men in the system mm -hmm. because it's just, it does not make sense that we're like 14, 15% of the population and we're the biggest prison population. Right. Like this is crazy. And, I, yeah. and, it's, and Meek Mills is now a, a, a poster child for all the guys who don't have a voice because if he wasn't Meek Mills, he would just be in jail. Like he would just be, they would have gave him the 10 years, the five years, yeah. the four years and he, we wouldn't have seen him again. That's true. Yeah, but because he has a platform, he's a recording artist, he does have a voice. And I just hope that we finally can get some kind of justice right. from the damn justice system. That's true. That's true. Also, too, um, I want to talk about, like, um, hip-hop overall. And this past week, we had a crazy battle, Mace versus Cameron. I love hip-hop. I love hip-hop. So, so who you thought won that battle, and do you think Cameron should re retaliate do you think um, he should just be quiet because a lot of people basically saying that his diss is just not enough I, because mace had too many bars i feel like you know to me this just reminds me of like the kid the kid that just keep getting picked on and picked on mace right. and you know like he had enough I, I just feel like cam has always been jealous of mace okay entirely i mean let's be honest the mace Mace, they, Mace run with Puff is legendary. The records that Mace have is legendary. You know, we know Mace records will stand up the test of time versus the Cameron records. I'm That's just being fact. all the way honest. You know what I'm saying? That's a fact. Um, I feel like Mace is a better lyricist. I feel like Cam is a better character. Right. I feel like Cam's presence is dope. Like, when you see Mr. Cameron, you know, you think of Rico from Paid and Full. Cam has always had a great presence. But as far as being an MC, I think Mace is the better MC. Okay. I think Mace had the better diss. Right. I think Mace is, you know, I do think Mace has a lot of corny shit that he's also done. Right. As far as, like, being a pastor and coming out of retirement and then rhyming again. Like, you can't. You can't flip-flop. You can't have it both ways. Like, dog, right. like, either you in or you out. And then, you know, Mace have had, like, a lot of shady, like, weird <laughs> things throughout his career. Right. But just when it comes down to the impact and mm -hmm. the better rapper, better right. MC, I would say Mace. But I don't think Cam needs to respond anymore because, like, what you gonna come out with after that? Like, you already, <laughs> we already, he he been dissing Mace for so long, right? That it's kind of like we wanted to kind of hear what Mace had to say. Exactly, and we don't really care what Cameron had to say because he already said so much. Okay, he's gonna say Mace is a pastor. He got ran out of Harlem. Harlem. Puff stole all your money. money. You a bitch, you know. I mean, it's just, you know, you only so many ways you can keep clowning somebody. That's so, a fact. Yeah. That's a fact. And two, now in this, and to me, this year has been a year of Cardi B. She was oh, Cardi. My whole Instagram is Cardi B. Really? What? I, you ain't say, I, put, I seen. I yeah. I seen you post about the nominations. Yeah, I definitely seen that. Cardi B is that Cardi. If you watching, bitch, we love you, bitch. <laughs> Afford the look, bitch. <laughs> 
I just feel like Cardi B is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tell me how you feel about Cardi B, cause cause I feel like <sighs> it's her pizzazz, it's her physique, it's her character that wins the people over. I don't. I'm not knocking her music. Like I feel like that one song is definitely a hit, but I feel like she comes with a full package, and I feel like in today's hip hop, you have to come with a full package. You agree? Of course, I, th- I think we have. I have never seen a meteoric a meteoric rise the way I've seen Cardi B rise. Literally, I've literally. If you would have told me two years ago, mm-hmm. you know, the chick from Love and Hip Hop and you know Instagram, you know, it's called uh, a, a hoe never gets cold. Right. Like her famous quote would be Grammy nominated, had the number one song in the country for three weeks, which is now triple platinum. Engaged to one of the members of the biggest group Groups in the world, world. and. Like she's in she but she's been performing in Paris and fucking Germany and like she's in London right now. Like I'm like this is like her life right now. She's on the cover yeah. of Rolling Stone right now. Right. With no album out. Just I, I mean she's just an inspiration. Cardi B has yeah. showed me uh-huh. that anything's possible in America. <laughs> anything's possible. You can never say don't reach for the stars. Right. Don't ever go for it. That it can't never happen because, like, look what happened to her. Like, she's a regular, what she's a regular girl from the Bronx. Like, regular girl from the Bronx. You know, and I just like her realness. I like how she's still being like the little project apartment with her family. Yeah. Like, and they know, be celebrating, and chilling. They be deep in there. Yeah. Um, her offset, I think, is just a dope union. I think, like, that was like the power move. They remind me like a young Hove and B, like a young Nikki and Meek. Like, yeah, got definitely. This definitely. Power couple thing. And the to fact them. that he proposed to her at Powerhouse, that's in shit. Philly. Did you and see the Phil- ring? Yeah. Jesus Christ, that ring looked like you could get a lot of a lot of cheese with that ring. She's <laughs> just a dope person to me, and I yeah. think and I think as a rapper, she's getting better. Like G Easy record, she killed that record. Yeah, she did. You know, her she verse did. on Motorsport was dope. Yeah. You know, she held. Who she, had the better verse though, her and Nicki? I mean, Nicki had the Nicki's the bigger artist. She, she she's uh she has uh. What's the word I'm looking for? Seniority. So right. she had the longer verse. Right. Now, if Cardi would have been able to have, uh, Nikki had more than 16. I think right. That was like a. Yeah, she did. She shit, did. I don't know how many bars it was. But if Cardi would have been allowed Cardi to rap a little longer, we probably mm-hmm. would have heard something. But for her to right. be on a record with Nikki and Amigos who <laughs> get busy, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Amigos get busy. Like people try to call them like mumble rap, like they get busy. I can hear every word they saying. Really? Takeoff is a problem. Oh my God. Yeah, I, I can see that. I can see that. I think Travis Scott is a genius, though. I just feel like just his sound, the way he comes off, I just think he brings a new dynamic and the fact that he helped Kanye West write songs before, too. So you got to add his resume up when it comes to that. You feel me? But just, but who do you know is a collective, though, as a group that three people, we all can rap and we could do features, kill features and come back, get, get mm-hmm. like Quavo right. and Offset could go get. 100 grand for a feature and then come back and do a Migos tour, do a Migos album and then jump on everybody else stuff. I don't know no groups that's doing it like that. No, no, not right now. I mean, to Did be you honest, in 21 Savage project? No. Oh, no warning without warning. You sleeping. See, yeah, I, I to be quite honest, bro, I'm not really I like them, don't get me wrong, but I'm not really big on 21 Savage and I'm glad you brought him up because this past week he basically saying that he's tired of OGs complaining about these new rappers that's on drugs when we came from the era from crack and cocaine and we did the same thing. What is your feelings on that? Um, I don't man, I'm like that codeine and all the pills right. and all the shit. I mean, what's the guy that died? The rapper that just died? Um, Little Pete. I think it's too much. I, I mean, I think that they promoting them and I, I, I think that mm-hmm. artists shouldn't be allowed 
to talk about that on records. I don't think when you talk about Molly Percocets, I'm just on a Zan. Right. These kids is thinking it's okay right. to do drugs like that. And exactly. I, I mean, if you whatever you do as an adult is your personal life, but I just feel like in the music, they talk about it too much. Right. Like I just heard this song by this Asian rapper, and it was like he kept talking about Zans ain't your friend. <laughs> <laughs> or Zans is I don't know what's his name yeah. I saw the video but right I think the drugs is promoted too much in the Oxycontin and the Codeine and, and the Lean and then Lil Wayne you know it's a lot of people getting caught up in it too and I think that's a lot of people dying out here I mean if they it, if yeah. they cool with kids that's listening to their music dying because y'all want to promote y'all drug use right because back in the days artists would do drugs but they didn't talk about it exactly like you know? Method Man I mean Method Man was the only one that really Talked about it, but everybody else kind of like kept it in the tuck. They the didn't really about it, like Jimi Hendrix and Janis Joplin yeah. and all them. Jimmy Jim Morrison, like they all OD, but they, you know, well they did talk about drugs and yeah, they Let me did. take that back. That's they a should. bad example. Yeah, but it's it's. I just feel like they as a as an MC and as a person of mm-hmm. notoriety, you know, right. even though people, but like, I'm not a role model. You are a role model. You Once are. Once you take on a role as celebrity. And you're on a platform where people are paying to see you or paying for your music. I think you should be conscious of what you say. But I mean, that's me personally. Maybe you know, I don't know. I totally agree. I totally you agree. Know, I'm, now, I'm not like Jay Z. You know, when you know, because on four four four, you know, Jay Z was preaching that some people didn't want to hear it. Right. Right. You know, stop putting the money up to your ear. Your ear and all that. Yeah. But, Do you think he deserved album of the year because he's no, nominated? No. 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 And I'm a Jay Z fan. I, I I don't think he deserved them eight nominations. I think that. <laughs> I think I mean I feel like he's going to stop Kendrick's uh, Kendrick's yeah I Sean, think Kendrick I think, I think Jay Z is going to cancel him out I think that right. he's not going to get it right so you think Kendrick deserve it yes definitely I do too I think Kendrick deserves it for damn I just I, I think Jay Z should have got some noms right but for him to get like he got like nine nominations or something something ridiculous eight. He got eight I think that's too many I do too I think Kendrick, and do you think he going you think he's going to beat Kendrick basically? yes. <laughs> I, I mean, it's the hierarchy. I mean, you know, right. yeah. the, 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 uh, the what do you call it? The hierarchy of the Carters, like Jay Z and Beyonce, like are just they're this other kind of business. Like they are just like these whales, <laughs> and whatever they decide they want to happen will just Happens. happen. You know, that's true. I totally agree. Jay Z just didn't just get eight nominations. I, I believe he did deserve some, but four, four, four was a. Uh, uh, experimental album in the direction, but I don't think it's his best album to date. I don't think it's just no. A lot of people. Something Diddy said it was, but I don't agree with Diddy. I think it's a good body of work. I love Hove. Like Hove is like for me, mm-hmm. it's like it's Hove. Okay. Big. Okay. Nas. Yeah, you you you, you know, my you, you picking you know, all my people. Um, don't that, forget Tupac. I don't like Tupac. What? No. How? I just don't. I never have. He don't, he don't hit you with nothing. Like he never, um, their res- mama, he never hit Tupac you. Tupac is responsible. Brother got a baby. Tupac nothing? and that whole beef is responsible for the death of Big, and 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 I don't I don't take that lightly. And that whole angry I stuff. I just I, I always I, I will always feel resentful, right? Because I feel like. But before Biggie died, did you feel that? Yeah, I like to keep your head up. And okay. Him, but you know, as far as straight lyricism, I don't put him in a class when you talk about like Nas, Eminem, Jay Z, Biggie Smalls. I don't put Tupac lyrically in there i don't okay like i don't see him going toe to toe with them guys okay i can you know, respect like that. if they had like just a whole <laughs> battle like, yeah i just don't see him hanging with them guys no. <laughs> all right let, he's, let's... he's a he's a <laughs> yeah. he was a raw spirit okay but i feel like it mm. just 
just those days, he just let the jealousy and everything get the best of him. Like, and, and he turned very. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think he got jealous of what Big was accomplishing, and I feel like he felt like that's the lane I should have got in because it's always he kept saying, "Biggie stole my style." Biggie, big. Biggie I was making, this. I was making his album. I just felt like he wanted Big to be under him, and when he rose like to that level, it was like he couldn't handle that. Let me ask you a question. Let's just say, for example, hypothetically, someone stole your style, like what Belargo made, made your, made they their did. clothing line. They did. <laughs> they stole your style. Oh yeah, stole the whole, stole everything. Who stole everything? I can't. I ain't gonna say her name. I ain't giving her that. But it's a, it's a her. Okay. Yeah, people. people I kind of like and pull one and one together. People though. in Philly know who she is. Okay. You know, so I don't. I don't got. I ain't gonna give her no free press. But yeah, like yeah. Baton, you know, when you see somebody blatantly stealing. Right, yeah, like, but I'm gonna let you finish. Okay, so I, I get that because, because, because the reason, because you know what, and that, and that's crazy that you said that because sometimes even with media, even with with my lane, what I do, I be seeing stuff that is like, damn, well, I did that first, but I don't say nothing. Like I just keep it, like, because at the end of the day, I feel like whatever God has for you is gonna be for you regardless. Like right now, everybody writing a book. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you like that. Like I got like ten people like that's writing a book right now. They come up to me, telling me they writing a book. But I mean, and I and, I, yeah. and I'm I'm so blessed and, and talented, right. man. Let me tell you, I get busy with this pen, Bugsy. Like motherfuckers ain't seeing me with this pen. Like my pen game is up there. You know what I'm saying? Like I know for, that's right. And I'm just being and do honest. we got a follow up from this book? Is it gonna be a part two or it's it's gonna be it's a few things coming in between. Okay. Like that, but people already compare my book to uh, Sister Soldier Coldest One Ever. Okay. To Omar Tyree's Fly Girl, to Terry Woods True to the Game, like out the gate. Like, you know what I'm saying? I, if I get right, I sell a hundred books like that. Like bring <laughs> five to the hospital, bring five to the salon, bring five over here to this barbershop. Like people cannot get enough of right. it. It's 450 pages. Like, most urban novels is 240 pages. Like, like I'm on some Anne Rice shit. You know, right. You know yeah. who she is? Yeah. Interview with the Vampire, Queen of the Damn. Like, that's right. my favorite author. Like, I don't play. I ain't giving y'all no So, Queen of the Damn, the movie that Leah was in? Yes. Yes. That, that's my favorite writer. Damn. Like, all her books be like 500 pages. <laughs> so, that, because she wants some Harry Potter shit, because that's how Harry, but Harry Potter be like in 800, 900 pages. That's um, a J.K. Rollins. I've yeah. read some of those. And I also like Stephanie Meyer. She did the Twilight Saga. Okay. But Anne Rice, besides William Shakespeare, is to me the ultimate so one. writer. Like, when, I want it, when I'm ready to get busy, I read an Anne Rice. I read two or three of her books, and then I'm ready to write. So, that's your inspiration. That gets you moving. Oh, my God. She's the ultimate inspiration. That's dope. That's dope. I want to ask you about Philly hip hop because I had this debate with my cousin about I feel that to a certain extent, my cousin basically said that Meek Mill surpassed Beanie Siegel in success. He did. You think that? For sure. Based on every, based Everything. on a whole body of work of Beanie versus Meek. Meek is way more successful, way more commercially viable. He's okay. done way more with his career. Okay. Um, the deals that Meek had. Is bigger. Okay. Meeks, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Be, just Meek is just more appealing. Like, let's just be honest. This new generation of rappers is like all like thin, like nice looking guys. There's no ugly rappers anymore. Like, just think about it. <laughs> just think about all the new rappers. Think about this new generation of rappers. They're all right. thin. Like mm-hmm. you said, Travis Yeah, 21 Scott, Savage, 21, Travis Scott. The Migos. PNB Rock. Big Sean. PNB Rock. You know, He's you, thin. Big Sean. You know, Lil right. Uzi. J. Dude. Cole. 
um, Kendrick. Right. You know, everybody has a certain look to, to to them now. Okay. You know. Yeah. You know, Future and them like they're a little older, but Drake and Future came from that that wave. Like Beanie Siegel right now wouldn't be able to survive in this 2017 hip hop climate just coming out. He would not. He wouldn't do anything. But don't you think that's because he's too lyrical? Like that's why he can't survive because we don't really have a lot of lyricists besides J Cole, Wale. Um, Kendrick Lamar we don't have a lot of lyricists so that's a, probably why he can't survive and then I think just too just his whole packaging it's not his whole packaging wouldn't work right now okay that's why AR Rap can't work he's not gonna work yeah I can see that too it's just a different formula like hip hop now like you know those days before you could have a Biggie Smalls you could have a, a big pun you could have a uh, mm-hmm. a Beanie Siegel right you know you can you could have a, some of the Wu-Tang members how they looked but okay. now hip hop is a very singular thing now it's like a very yeah. you know besides Ross you know I mean right. think about who's big like who's a big fat rapper <laughs> can you name anybody Ruff. Ruff. You know? It's only one the biggest part. Shout out to Ricky Rose. That's my guy. And man. I just think Meek's impact is bigger. I think Meek's impact is more. But don't you think that social media helps that? Because when Beanie was out, it was only MySpace. So it's kind of like Meek gets that push because of the way he pushes his and brand on Instagram. That Instagram is like your free promotional market. That too, tool, pretty but, much. But I just see the love that Meek gets versus what Beanie gets. And when Beanie, let's just be honest, like, mm-hmm. you know, Beanie Siegel wasn't the nicest person. He did a lot of tr- fucked up stuff to a lot of people. Right. He's bad to a lot of people in, right. in the industry and out the industry. I'm not saying Meek hasn't, but it's just a different love. Meek gets a certain love. Meek is like the the poster child prince of Philadelphia. It's like right. people are connected to Meek Mills. Right. And even outside people, of Philly. People love Meek Mills. Right. People love him, literally. Like, I never, I didn't see that kind of love with Beans. Beans was more like a tyrant. <laughs> he was looked at more like the the villain. Right. Right. You know. Like, and even with his court date, he didn't get a lot of love either. I mean, because he had been locked up so much. I mean, he had did so much. Like, Beans, like, what did Jay-Z say? Jay-Z said, I made, you know, jazz made millions. Beans made millions. millions. You know, like. I'm just trying to school you to the game. That's and you was he with was... Jay-Z, like, the young Jay-Z. Like, right. If you're not a millionaire and your business is messed up now, obviously it's your fault. Like, you know what I mean? Beans, Beans had so many opportunities. He had the clothing line. They gave him state property. How, you know, his right. mom was, they, they, they was living in, driving, having a Bentley in South Philly. Like, he was. He shot somebody in a bar in West Philly. Who's hanging out in a bar in West Philly? Right, arguing with some bums after the Rock the Mic tour. Yeah, and he shot some. And he shot somebody. Right. Why are you with these people? Right. You would never see Meek in no ratchet hood bar like that. Right. You know, Meek's team is a little smarter. Meek is more. You can't right. get to Meek like that. You know what I mean? Like you'll yeah. see him in reserve, or mm-hmm. you might see him like at a certain clubs or parties. But like Waiters Party, Dion Waiters, waiters party. party, yeah. But he not everywhere. Meek is not just like he's not accessible. He ain't that uncut. Like no. just in there for somebody to know that you rich and you sitting next to me. Like I'm a fuck with you because you the Rick, you the Rick, um, the rich rap guy right. in the bar with me. You know these, you know these bums and and these haters <laughs> is going to want to start with you. Why yeah. would you put yourself in that situation? That's true. Yeah, I just I just think Meek is just more loved. I think he's gonna have more longevity. Okay. Overall, I Dude. think Beans has an amazing legacy. Yeah, and, he had, and I can never take away from his earlier work with The Rock and where he was. But and I state think state property and all that. Yeah, I think Meek's overall run and and impact will be bigger. Okay, I can respect that. Do you feel like the hair and fashion industry is similar to hip hop when it pertains to popularity versus raw talent? 
Um, you okay when you say hair, you talking about as far as hair salons, hair salons, hair stylists, <laughs> just the whole hair industry and fashion because I feel like they're coupled together in certain instances. Uh, I mean, I think everything's popular. Like people want to go to mm-hmm. who they think is hot. So you know, like right. I mean, the hair industry has always been about popularity. You know, which girls own a shop right you know she's associated with somebody like a guy that's a street guy or <clears throat> a guy that's an entertainer yeah. or a sports player and she's his girlfriend people are going to flock to her shop because they want to be newsy they want to hear the gossip they want to know right you know hear her business yeah so i think that's always you want to you don't want women don't want to go to a dead ass salon <laughs> <laughs> they don't. Women want to go someplace. Women go to get their hair done. They want to be around some excitement. Yeah. And I know people who can't do hair for shit, but they got clientele because they're popular. They're messy. They gossipy. You could come in there and they could be like, oh, yeah, girl, he, you know, he messing with such and such. Down right. there, he just bought her that Range Rover and that the baby mom. And they said that ain't the baby. Like, people go to hair salons for that kind of nonsense. So, yeah. yeah. Fashion is... Fashion is subjective. I mean, okay. it's, you know, if you get in your clothes on the right people, mm-hmm. if you if you're making uh, branding, like if you're getting it on a Meek Mills or P and B Rock or right. a a little little Uzi Vert or somebody, like people are gonna want to buy your stuff. Okay, you know, and if you and if you are mm-hmm. advertising your lifestyle, because sometimes you could be bigger than your brand. Sometimes the brand could be the person, and I think sometimes with me, I'm bigger than my brand. You know, I feel like I'm somebody that's bigger. Mm-hmm. Right. Whatever I'm doing. Exactly. So people will invest in Celine. Right. Before even knowing if it's good or not. Like I got people that bought my book. They didn't know if I could write or not. They just bought it because I it was because because you Celine. Yeah. So okay. that, that, it does work like that. Um. Recently, um, we lost a a very important person in the city, Camaro yeah. Rob. Oh um, man. I want to talk a little bit about your relationship with him and mm. where was you at when you first found out about him passing. Um, well, me and her was together. My um, my PR, one of my PRs, we had just came back from New York because I did an event um, mm-hmm. called Rose and Reed, and Bel Air had sponsored it, so we had to gr- drive to New York to get the liquor. Okay. And when I came back, um, we stopped by a hair salon off of a uh, fifth, fourth, and south because I had some books in there, and I wanted to go in and collect, you know, collect my books because right. I, I, you know, I don't think they sold. And um, as I'm leaving, one of the stylists, uh, her sister, um, says, I just got a text that Rob is dead. So we was like, um, which Rob? What Rob? Right. And she said, Camaro Rob. And it was just like everything just stopped. It was just like time stood still. Time stood still. It's, wow. just, it's still emotional for me right now. Like he, he what happened to him mm-hmm. was just so terrible. Um, I knew Rob probably since he was like 14 or 15. A friend of mine okay. named Brenda uh, Bell, very good friend, um, is like an aunt or godmom to him. Okay. And, you know, he was fr- like, her, you know, her children, they called him a cousin. Okay. And he, I just watched him grow up. I kind of just watched him grow, you know, mm-hmm. you know, he was doing party promoting. Right. And then he opened up uh, um, his restaurants. Mm-hmm. You know, he was co-owner and Uncut. Right. He started a successful hair business called Be Your Hair, yeah. which was popping. And um, Rob was just somebody that just was was just so humble about everything. He had the business acumen and the hustle to be a millionaire. Like he, you know, right. wasn't hurting nobody. He Rob yeah. wasn't no talking about people. He wasn't taking nothing from nobody. He got all his stuff the right way. You know okay. what I'm saying? He was the first person to give back to other people. He would be the first person to support you in a business venture. If you had a grand opening, if you wanted him to come on your radio show, if he bought one of my books, you know, right. one of my last conversations I saw him, he wanted some of my books mm-hmm. to support it. Right. Um, 
just just a genuine good guy, man. It's just you know it's just sad and sad that you you know you can't do good in your city without being a target. And the way he was murdered, and just how cold blooded it was, it was just terrible. It was terrible. It broke a lot of hearts. Mm. It affected a lot of people. Um, That's crazy. Yeah, his funeral. His funeral was one of the biggest I ever saw. It probably had about. Um, mm-hmm. It probably. I would say his funeral probably had to have like eight hundred people there. I mean, it was like fitting for a king or right. a, a prince. And, you know, that's the only way I best mm-hmm. could describe him. He gave back to the community in so many ways, helping homeless people. Right. You know, uh, charitable donations to youth organizations, trying to help, you know, underprivileged kids. Man. Right. It was just, it, it, it just, it, it was just one of those things. His friends, mm-hmm. his family, everybody that knew him. Right just loved him and and he was one of those guys that just the sky was the limit for him and he could have been a millionaire right um in the next three to four or five years i wouldn't have been surprised and it just it's just we losing so many of our people and you know you know we cried and cried about that man you Mm -hmm. know his him him Mm -hmm. especially right difficult because he came back from Paris on Thursday. Him and his girl went there for her birthday. Yeah. He came back to Paris on Thursday and was murdered on Saturday. Dang, like, not even two days. Not even two days of coming back. Do you feel like it was Paris. a setup? Um, it's all kinds of speculations. Right. With it, I mean, I definitely feel like somebody wanted to rob him or take from him, or right. you know, because you know he did hair delivery. So I definitely yeah. feel like I think that you know it definitely was a financial thing. Whoever right. did it. Um, and I just think the person just, uh, what they did was just undoable. And I hope whoever did it, man, like I, I want them to ride. Like, you know, we want them, we want to see them yeah. under the jail right. like, for what they did to him, man. Like it's just, he, he has a daughter, yeah. his father, his mother, um, just, just everything. Right. He was an exceptional person, exceptional, um, exceptional character, right. exceptional business acrimen, exceptional, exceptional work ethic. Right. You know, I saw him in Bank of America a week mm. before he passed on City Line Avenue and we talked and I was, he was asking me about my projects and I said, oh, man, my movie stuff is so hard. Right. Some days I want to give up. And he's like, no, what you doing, Liam, is a whole nother There's lane. a whole nother lane. He yeah. said, listen, you just got tough enough. Yeah. <laughs> thug your way through it. Right. And, you know, then he told me he was going on his trip. He definitely was um, wow ahead of his time with so many ideas. And 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 where he would have been, I would have loved to see where he would have been three years from now. Like right. by twenty twenty, I, I, I guarantee you, he would have been twenty twenty. He would have been gone yeah. by that point, man. So it just Definitely. it hurt me. Yeah. And um, I, he was he inspired you. Like, do you feel like he inspires you too? Everybody, anybody, yeah, <laughs> yeah. everybody he, did because you saw this guy from the hood, right? You know, he didn't he didn't play ball like right. waiters. He didn't rap like Meek, right? You know what I'm saying? He ain't sing like Jasmine Sullivan. Right. But he was just as vital and important in our city. And he did just as much to keep the money flowing within a circle. Right. So he supported Tasties. He supported Miss Tootsies. He supported other black businesses. And he kept that money flowing within those circles. You right. know, if Rob didn't have hair, he would send somebody to Hair by King. That's my little cousin shop. Mm-hmm. If Hair by King ain't have it, you know, call loyalty. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, right. it wasn't no hate on each other. Right. You know, if his bar wasn't, if his bar was closed, go to, um, go to, um, mm-hmm. Jolly's or go to, um, the corner, the corner, with eBay. 
Yeah, yeah. Or whoever, whatever yeah. was open. Right. He would tell you to go there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He kept the money flowing within our people. Right. Like he bought Belargo. He wore Milano. He bought Mabel Marie. He bought from all the black clothing designers. He didn't have a bias. Right. He would buy three shirts from me, buy three shirts from them, buy three shirts from them. And and I feel like that was something that was special. Like he yeah. kept that he kept it flowing in the hood. But no, he inspired me. I would say Rob inspired me because I saw how relentless he was to make it. Right. He started with the hair business and you know, they had they was riding around with the hair, then they got a salon. Now the salon popped. Then you saw the car wrapped around. Yeah. Yeah. I remember you know, uncut. I seen all that. A business owner in there, he was doing real estate. He was somebody that showed, like, I want to be rich, too. And he showed, like, listen, you can be rich. Right. You don't have to um, stop at one one, one thing. Right. And he mastered all of them. He was, you know how that saying is, you're a jack of all trades, but a master of none. He was a master of all. And still humble. Humble. Humble beyond. Right. Humble beyond. Like, never flashy. Like, he wasn't one of them guys throwing up money in the club. You will never see Rob doing that. He wasn't that guy throwing money up in the club. He wasn't that guy, um, you know, just flashing jewels. Yeah. He had a Rolex, but it was like it was a calm Rolex. Right. And they called him Camaro Rob because he drove Camaros. Camaros. He didn't drive a Porsche. He wasn't like riding around in a G-Wagon or trying to have a Maserati. He was like very basic basic and humble and just hardworking. So I, I definitely feel like his humbleness mm-hmm. and his work ethic inspired me per se because yeah. I never saw somebody that was just always the same like I've never seen him switch up it didn't matter where we was at he'd be like well Celine what's going on like we would talk right and like I said his my friend is like his godmom or his aunt so he'd be like you see my godmom you know he's a grown man successful yeah. and we would you know and we yeah. would address me like that and I remember he couldn't even get in the clubs. I remember Rob used to be outside the letouts. <laughs> trying to get in. When he was like 19, 20, and we right. would be coming out whatever hot parties it was. And yeah. he'd be like, man, I can't wait to go out. <laughs> and then he started going, going out. out. Then, then he started throwing the parties. And everybody started coming to his parties. That's crazy, bro. Yeah, R.I.P. Camaro Rob, man. Yeah, rest in peace to Camaro Rob's tragic story. Um, I want to thank you for coming on this podcast. And also, I want you to tell the people how they can get your book, um, how they can follow you, and when your movie's coming out. Um, I'm on social media. I'm on Instagram all the time. Um, mm-hmm. Salim underscore Vanderpump, V-A-N-D-E-R-P-U-M-P. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, or Mr. Cherry Pie on Twitter. And they can find a book on Amazon, um, Books A Million. Okay. Uh, or t- uh, barnesandnoble.com. Okay. It's been sold out too. So we're getting a, re- a new order. Like the orders have constantly been coming in. It's, I mean, we can't keep it. It's like, I feel like it's cracked. Like, it's just like, <laughs> it's been sold out like And how much times. does it cost? Um, on, you know, on the website, it varies. Sometimes you might catch it for $13.99. Sometimes it's $17.99. Okay. When I'm in the street, I'm selling it for 20 just because right, you I'm selling street. it for 20 Money. So, and right. you're getting it from me. Exactly. So, if I'm coming to you, like, if I'm bringing the books to you, mm-hmm. it's, it's 20 bucks. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you have it, man. This is our Door for Hip Hop podcast, episode 17. Make sure you subscribe on Google Play, iTunes, DJ Buddy 215, SoundCloud. Keep it hip hop. Peace.